Hey guys, it's Simon. This is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and we're here with the wrestling wrap up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. Also, my camera was not angled right. There we go. And we got some big stories to talk about. It's not like we have a lot to talk about today. Usually we have like seven, eight, sometimes nine stories. But today, technically, we only have one, two, three, four and a half stories, if I'm going to be completely honest. Four and a half-ish stories, but some of them are long ones, some of them are big ones. Actually, most of them are long, most of them are big. We're going to talk about Triple H being named the new head of creative within WWE. We're going to talk about Vince McMahon having to pay the company back $14.6 million dollars. And what the hell went down with Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan this weekend at Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. But with that, I want to say thank you if you are helping us out and watching live on twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. I also want to say thank you if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or if that's on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Google Pod, Apple Pod, and so much more. Also remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. And it doesn't even have to be your Amazon Prime account. You take that Amazon Prime account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. Also remember, it doesn't have to just be your Amazon account. It could be anybody's that you link to your Twitch, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, your girlfriend, your girlfriend's mom, your girlfriend's mom's brother. It doesn't matter who. It just matters that it's linked to your Twitch account and nobody else's. But on the flip side, if you follow us over on YouTube, you can help us out over there by hitting that uh, join button down below to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember, you can get all of that, but more directly support us by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Doesn't YouTube's not taking their cut of the membership, so we get more of it doesn't cost you anything different, and it's in one concise area, easy for you guys to find. Also remember, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether that is a new game, whether that is an old game, whether you're claiming the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, and Fall Guys, well, you can help us out by putting in creator code PWUNLIMITED. Again, that's creator code PW. Unlimited on either the Epic Game Store or the launchers for Fortnite and Rocket League on your Xbox, Switch, and PlayStation. But with that, we've got a bunch to jump into, so let's do that right now. As the first news story we're going to talk about, Triple H being named Head of Creative. So Invincible Man retired last Friday. One second, I need to pull up another link here. There we go. So when Vince McMahon retired last Friday, it was kind of sort of announced that triple uh, that Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan will become co-CEOs of the company. 
after that announcement, it was asked, well, who's going to take over head of creative? Who's going to run that spot? Is it Bruce Pritchard? Could it be Paul Heyman? What about Jeff Jarrett? And all weekend we waited and waited and waited until today. Found out that it's Triple H. Monday morning, WWE. Monday morning, WWE formally announced in their press release that Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan will be taking up the roles of co-CEO. And in doing so, also noted how Paul Levesque, Triple H, taking over the role of head of creative as the press release notes, quote, WWE and its board of directors today announced the appointment of Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan as co-chief executive officers. Ms. McMahon has been, uh, Ms. McMahon has also been appointed chairwoman of the board. And Mr. Khan will continue to serve as a member of the board. These appointments will follow Vince McMahon's retirement on Friday, July 22nd. Quote, we are grateful for the opportunity to lead WWE together with our unmatched management teams, said Ms. McMahon and Mr. Khan. We recognize this is a tremendous opportunity and responsibility. And we look forward to serving the WWE universe. Additionally, WWE executive Paul Levesque will assume all responsibilities related to WWE's creative, in addition to his regular duties, which last Friday was announced to be him taking up head of talent relations, his old job, the old role he had back in the day. And then WWE also went on to talk about some things that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But as far as Triple H now being head of creative, didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming because, well, he was put in charge of of talent relations. And my first thought was he's not going to be in charge of talent relations and in charge of creative, but he is. Word is that he's right in the Vince role, right in Vince's chair. Bruce will technically be in charge of the writing staff, the writing team, and everything will trickle through Bruce up to Triple H, Paul Levesque, who will have the final say. Fightful has an update on this with a little more news as they wrote, quote, WWE executive Paul Levesque will assume all responsibilities for the WWE's creative in addition to his regular duties as stated in WWE's press release Monday. The chips are starting to fall within WWE and Triple H is working in creative again. Immediately after WWE's PR report, Fightful clarified that WWE, with WWE, that Triple H would indeed be heading up creative in addition to accepting those roles. On Friday, Ed Kosky and Bruce Prichard were largely in control of the direction of the show and producers we're told that Triple H would at least be, quote, the finish guy. WWE confirmed to us that Bruce Pritchard remains with the company and will work in creative. Last week, higher-ups were told Vince would still be available to some degree as his transition away from the company, as he transitions away from the company. Talent reaction to the news was general excitement. There were some concerns raised when Bruce Pritchard was both heading up creative and an interim talent relations role as talent had to ask the person that handled their creative for time off if they wanted it. Now, we hear that, and now Triple H is running both. So it's like, why is there no concern Triple H doing both? That's something that doesn't get me. But Fightful also wrote that one source at USA Network that got back to Fightful about this news said, quote, this is an, is an exciting change. So with that, Triple H will be running talent relations, and he will be running creative, as far as he's the final say, everything comes to him and directions for the most part will be directed from him as far as this storyline and that storyline and this direction and this movement. 
And the writing team writes it all out. They send it through Bruce Pritchard, and then I would assume Bruce and Triple H work together to finalize everything. <clears throat> I do still think, at least right now, Bruce may still have as much of a say as he did with Vince. Vince vetoed Bruce a lot from what we've heard over the last couple of years, but he still had a lot of say himself when it came to creative. And I think most of that's not going to change. I've heard that, you know, Vince, or not Vince, but Triple H and Stephanie preferably like Bruce. It's not like a Kevin Dunn who they don't like and is probably going to get out of there. Now the big question is, when does Triple H bring more of his guys up? When does Triple H bring more of his NXT staff up? We know he's got Jeremy Borash down there. We know he's got Matt Bloom down there. I doubt Matt Bloom gets moved up for a main roster role since he's basically running the PC with Sarah Amato. Not Sarah Amato. Yeah, Sarah Amato. No. Sarah Del Rey. Sorry about that. Um, let me just... Sarah Model, yeah. Sarah Delray is her old wrestling name. Sarah Model is her real name. Sorry for the confusion. But they're basically running the PC, so I doubt either of them get moved up to work on the main roster or anything. But it's going to be interesting to see how this show really goes. The word is that Friday was basically what this new team's going to be. And now even more today, Triple H is going to be in that role as far as, boom, I got the final say. I'm the finish guy. We'll see if... Any changes are noticeable tonight on Raw. Some people said that they noticed things on SmackDown. And the one thing that I did kind of notice on SmackDown, commentary seemed a little looser. Commentary seemed like they were able to just talk. Because at one point, Michael Cole said fans. Now, that's no joke. At one point, Michael Cole said fans, not WWE Universe. So it seemed like creative was a little looser last Friday with Vince not there. But speaking of Vince McMahon... Looks like Vince McMahon may have to pay this company back $14 million. Get into this new st story of WWE revealing over $15 million of unrecorded expenses by Vince McMahon. Last Friday, Vince McMahon did retire, quote-unquote, from WWE at the age of 77. Then today, Monday, WWE revealed that due to, quote, Certain unrecorded expenses by Vince McMahon going back to 2006, they will have to restate several financial statements. The statements, the statement notes that the years from 2019, 2020, 2021, and the first quarter of 2022 will be revised as Vince McMahon is going to pay the WWE back those $14.6 million. Now, it is unknown at this time where that money went and why that money went unrecorded. Why Vince used this money, but didn't, what's the word I'm looking for, record it? Well, that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, financially state why he was using it. And we do know that WWE is investigating Vince McMahon, and their board of directors are investigating Vince McMahon as far as $12 million plus that he paid over the last 16 years as far as hush money payments to different women. Hey, Kid Vicious, Vince himself said 77, so I don't care if his birthday's in August. He said 77 himself, I'm sticking with 70 freaking 7. But we don't know if this $14.6 million is all from that. Because apparently, they said that $3 million was Vince's own money. So if we go 12 minus 3, that's 9. So $9 million could have been in WWE funds. We don't know where this $14 million is. Dollars went 
14.6 to be more specific. We don't know where it went. We know it came from the company. We know that it's company funds, but we don't know if it went to these hush money payments, if it went to Vince's pocket. We don't know if it was Vince paying out a friend for something. I have no clue. They didn't state, but in that press release they put out this morning, as far as where is I'm trying to find in the press release. Because there is something to do with the Form 8K filed by the company today. They said our financial statements for the quarter and June 30, 2022 are not yet complete. Accordingly, we are presenting preliminary estimates of certain financial results that were expected to report for the quarter ended June 30, 2022. The primary financial results are subject to revision as we prepare our financial statement and disclosure for the quarter end of June 30, 2022. But then they also had noted that all these adjustments that are going to be made to 2019, 2020, 2021, and early 2022, they want to have made by August 6th, which is a week from Saturday. But it was also noted that they want to have everything fixed and changed and updated by then. It's just a matter of, they said that's the projected date, but if they don't hit it, it's not bad, and they're not expected to hit it. But that's the date they're going to try and hit. But Vince McMahon used company funds, which this is the, the, the scare they had all along, that all this money possibly came from company funds. They used company funds, and Vince didn't record said company funds. Again, that was the scare that the board of directors would find out. We don't know if this is from the board of directors. We don't know if somebody in WWE's financial team found this money that went unrecorded. And it's like, huh. Going all the way back to 2006, somebody's working overtime to figure all this out. But Vince is going to have to pay the company back, they said. Vince will pay back $14.6 million. We'll see where that all goes going forward. I mean, when Vince retired on Friday... The big, you know, lingering question was, oh, crap, what's it going to drop next week? What big story, what big news, what big revelation is going to drop next week? And it's this, that Vince used $14.6 million of company funds unbeknownst to the company and didn't record them. This right here basically tells us Vince ain't ever coming back. Because when Vince retired last Friday, some go, eh, maybe it's, a, maybe it's an experiment. Vince is retired for 6 to 12 months, and if the company's still running fine, and if everything's running good, he'll slip back in. He'll slip back in if he wants to. He ain't coming back from this, that he took company money, didn't record what he used it on, and never said anything about it for 2006. That would be, let me do the math here, 2022, 16 years. Oofa. Oofa. We'll follow this Vince story as well. Let you know if we do find any other updates. But, you know, Vince McMahon. Like Vince's son, Shane. At least for a while. Wasn't coming back. Isn't coming back. And Vince never wanted anything to do with Shane and WWE again, it seems like, for a new report from Fightful. As basically, at one point, Vince said that Shane, quote, would never get another pop in WWE. Jay McMahon. Uh, Shane McMahon has been out of favor. Give me one second, guys. 
Sorry about that. My daughter was trying to call me. Let's start this part over. So, Jay McMahon has met out of favor with WWE since a chaotic Royal Rumble that left a lot of WWE superstars generally unhappy, completely separate from his involvement. As reported back in February, Shane McMahon was removed from his involvement in WWE after he attempted to make, quote, too many changes to the Royal Rumble match. Brock Lesnar, among others, took issues with the adjustments and reports of Shane being, quote, unprofessional had emerged. Beyond that, general chaos and confusion about Shane McMahon's number and entrance ensued, resulting in him actually going out when Randy Orton was slated to enter the ring. Vince McMahon himself was said to have made the decision to part ways with Shane McMahon in a professional capacity in WWE. Those close to Vince noted that he wants, he went as far as to say Shane, quote, would never get another pop in this company as long as I'm around. He's not around anymore, but we'll see where this all goes. That same person said they fully believe that to be in the heat of the moment and that wouldn't necessarily end up being the case. They did say that McMahon's frustration, frustration with Shane was, quote, extremely extreme, but justified. And said once that Shane McMahon uh, comprised Brock Lesnar's satisfaction with a match, that was the end of the line. Basically saying, once Brock was upset by things, uh-uh, Vince wasn't going to let shit fly. Because Vince doesn't want Brock upset and Brock to possibly walk out, as we saw almost basically kind of happen last Friday. In the aftermath of Vince McMahon retiring, though, a lot of people who have worked closely uh, near him have been far more willing to speak on the situation like this. So Vince was in the moment very upset with, because Shane was placed as a producer on the Rumble match, and then goes, hey, let's do this, and let's change that, and let's do this. And people were like, whoa, what? No, um, we're going to, and it just ended up happening. Like, literally, number 28 came up. Orton was ready to walk out, and Shane goes, play my music. That's the word. That's the rumor that, I've, that happened. Randy was supposed to go as 28. They wanted him to be towards the back end and really rile up the hometown crowd with having him in there and like three other guys coming out after him. And then, no, he ended up having to go out 29th. But never say never when it comes to Shane McMahon. I mean, we thought he would never come back. And then what was it, 2016? He came back. So, I mean, maybe Triple H and Stephanie want to bring him back in for something. Heck, heck. Oh, I just, I got it. I fantasy booked WWE's next year. Now, Triple H can't wrestle anymore. But what if they do a storyline where Stephanie and Hunter are running this company with Vince gone? Shane then shows up, kind of similar to 2016. Stephanie is in the ring giving some sort of like a speech. and What was it, an acceptance award speech? And she's just like, me... And my husband, we run everything now. But they're trying to do it not in a heelish way or something. I don't know. And then all of a sudden you just hear, here comes the money. Here we go, money talks. Here comes the money. And all of a sudden you see Stephanie's face again. And Shane comes out, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said that you guys are the only ones in charge of this company? And then they can also play back to 2001. There may be a McMahon's name. The name of McMahon as co-CEO. But there are more than one McMahon as co-CEO. And they play up a storyline where Shane thinks he's the third co-CEO with Nick Khan. And that he's going to make big decisions. And that actually could be very, very, very interesting. And then it can lead to some sort of WrestleMania match with Shane versus Triple H's handpick opponent. Like Triple H goes, hey, 
You know everything that happened with me. I'm not going to fight you, but this man will. And whether that's someone like Seth Rollins, who had now become a baby face, whether that he's going to go pick up some, pick somebody else or whatever, we'll see. We will see. But it's going to be very interesting to see where this all goes with Shane McMahon. And if now that Vince is no longer in charge, he can bring Shane back, or they can bring Shane back. But as we talk WWE, let's now shift to some stuff from over the weekend, and that is Ring of Honor news. Second. So this past weekend was Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. And technically, 11 matches took place on the show. So let's run down those matches and those results really fast and then talk about what happened after the show and kind of a little before the show as well with Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan. So we first had uh, Colt Cabana defeated Anthony Henry. The Trust Busters defeated the Shinobi Shadow Squad. The now embassy that was Tolly Blanchard Enterprises, now the embassy. Prince Nana bought them from Tolly Blanchard because Tolly Blanchard's apparently no longer with ROH and AW. They defeated the team of Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppen. Willa Nightingale, they defeated Allison Kay. On the main card, Claudio Castagnoli defeated Jonathan Gresham to become the brand new Ring of Honor World Champion. Dalton Castle and the boys defeated the Righteous to retain the six-man tag. No. From the new six-man tag team champions. Wheeler Yuta defeated Daniel Garcia to retain the Pure Championship. Roosh defeated Dragon Lee. Inso kind of, sort of, you can say, earned himself, but it may have been announced before a world title match against um, John Moxley. Mercedes Martinez defeated Serena Deeb to retain the ROH Women's World Championship. And Samoa, uh, Samoa Joe defeated Jay Lethal to retain the Ring of Honor Television Championship. And in the main event, a two out of three falls match, FTR. Defeated the Briscoes 2-1 to one to retain the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Well, seems like a little before and a little after, Jonathan Gresham was not happy and asked for his release as Fightful. That's the full story right here. Fightful has learned that former Ring of Honor World Champion Jonathan Gresham has asked for his release from Ring of Honor. Yasser is released Saturday ahead of ROH Death Before Dishonor. This show did see him lose the world championship. We're told that there was a lack of communication between the company and Gresham leading up to the weekend, and Gresham was said to have felt disrespected by this. Among other things, we learned that the lack of time for the world title match was a tipping point as well. Now, if you weren't aware, the world title match that actually went on first on the main card went 11 minutes and 30 seconds. That was actually, other than the six-man tag team match, that was the shortest match. It was a, so technically, it was the second shortest match on the main card. Your world title match, and it wasn't like it was a Claudio squash or anything. Your world title match was the second shortest match on the main card. And the one, two, three, fourth shortest match out of the 11 matches total on the entire night. 
That ain't good. That ain't good looking at all. Uh, Fife says that they're told that Gresham finally uh, procured a meeting with Tony Khan before the show. And he was said to have communicated the frustration that led to him, quote, cussing out Khan. Several talent confirmed this to Fightful following ROH's death for dishonor. Gresham has had interest from Japan, Impact, and others before signing with ROH slash AEW. Gresham told Fightful late last year that he was going to stick around and stick things out and see what happens with the ROH. Excuse me, see what happens with the ROH brand. It was not confirmed if Gresham was actually granted his release or not, but they are told that he left the ring, or he left right after his match. Now, in an update to all of this, uh, Fightful states that they are told that Gresham met with Tony Khan and others at 4 p.m. Eastern before Death Before Dishonor and was admittedly heated and, well, not happy with the direction of the booking and his character. It was agreed upon that the context of the conversation would remain private and details originally didn't seem to emerge from anyone in the room. However, by the time the conversation was over, much of the locker room and staff could physically hear how it went down. Building security was even said to have overheard the conversation. Gresham had spoken to QT Marshall several times over the past week, albeit briefly, which we have heard went well. It was also noted that Sanjay Dunt was a point of contact. The frustration on Gresham's part seemed to be the direction of creative, which ultimately ends with Tony Khan and not being able to give answers as a result. Gresham was supportedly uh, told that those decisions had to be ran through, ran through Tony, who he wasn't able to meet with until hours before the show. The general preference is that talent speaks to one of the coaches who are then in contact with Khan. If the conversations are about booking, they have to be relayed to Tony Khan. The coaches pass on dozens of ideas, either for themselves or talent, to Khan, who is then in charge of making those ideas a reality or deciding if they don't fit. Those answers are then to be relayed back to the talent. For those asking about names involved in that, it's usually AW coaches, as well as Christopher Daniels, QT Marshall, Pat Buck. We're even told that Mega Parekh, who is in charge of like PR and stuff for WWE and legal, and Sanjay Dunt also help out, and Khan is in communication with them at least 10 times a day. Uh, there are also plenty of situations where Tony Khan has made efforts to talk directly to talent, although numerous have said that it's declined since the Daily's Place era due to the changing of the world and travel in general. Well, there's another link here with more information from Fightful as well. Um, Fightful states that it was said that, a, that the AW side of things believed that Gresham came into the meeting with his mind made up and they'd not seen him heated like this before, chalking it up to Gresham being passionate about his beliefs in ROH, the brand, and himself. They felt as if there was a disconnect between the access to speak with people about their creative and it became perceived, quote, creative control. Gresham was said to have a vision of his creative direction and where things should go with him. And it was different from what Tony Khan and ROH had planned for him. Specifically, we learned that Gresham wasn't in favor of turning heel, but that ROH believed that that was a, quote, bigger picture for that. We're told that the finish had been at least hinted to Gresham, but no word on it if he knew before Saturday or not. 
In the past, several former AEW talent have spoken out about the lack of communication within talent relations being a point of frustration for them within AEW. Joey Janela once confirmed to Fightful that he hadn't reached out to AEW coaches prior to his exit. Marco Stunt had emailed AEW in an official capacity, but we haven't heard about follow-ups to coaches themselves on this part. So there's a lot of confusion here. You know, they were like, we want you to be a heel. We want you to do this. We're going to take the title off of you. And I don't know if he had a... No one has said that Gresham has had an issue with dropping the championship to to um, Claudio Castagnoli. But here in the Fightful Report, and I think Meltzer may have even stated as well, one of the things that Gresham didn't want to do was turn heel. He didn't want to be in a faction and be under somebody like he was with, you know, Tully Blanchard Enterprises and now the embassy with Prince Nana and all that. That was something that had been reiterated over the weekend a few times that Jonathan Gresham did not want to be a heel and have to do this kind of stuff. Because, I mean, if you watch Jonathan Gresham anywhere outside of Ring of Honor and AEW, he's a great white meat baby, white meat, white meat baby face, as they would say. Somebody that the fans can really get behind. Somebody that the fans can really like. And you know what his intentions always are. He's the kind of guy that's going to go out there, want to put on a great technical match, and want to have one of the best matches of the night with whoever his opponent is. But now having to change him to a heel something that he believed he shouldn't be doing right now, could that also change the way he would have to act in other companies, whether that is him working terminants or if he goes out and does a GCW show? That's the thing. When you're working for one of these bigger companies and you get changed, your character gets changed, whether that is just a straight-up character change or it's just heal the baby, baby to heal, and now you've got to play that up, you're now a heel, you have to play that up other places. That's the big question. And it seems like that could have been something he didn't want to have to do. He didn't want to turn heel. He didn't want it to ruin, maybe, I'm just spitballing. He didn't want it to ruin what he would have to do in other capacities outside of Ring of Honor. So we'll see where this all leads to. As of this morning, as of this afternoon, it's roughly noon Pacific here in California on a Monday. We haven't heard if, Jonathan Gresham has gotten his release or not from ROH slash AEW. But with that, guys, that is going to wrap up the wrap-up. Everything we got for you right now. So with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. If you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, Or if you're watching later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Tonight is Monday Night Raw. Four things are known for tonight's show. We got Impulsive TV, 20th anniversary celebration of Rey Mysterio. The Mysterios versus the Judgment Day. And a big six-man tag where Riddle will team with the Street Profits to take on the Bloodline. With that, we will be back here live tonight following Monday Night Raw. So have a great day. Have a great week. I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.